الحمد لله الحمد شاكرين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد طب القلوب ودوائها والنور الأبصار وضياءها وعافية الأبدان وشفائها وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد كلما ذكرك الذاكرون وغفل عن ذكرك الغافلون When I entered, I expected uh, more of, uh, with the nasheed, I expected more rocks from the people, more joyous behavior, but inshallah your smiles will make up for that. Uh, today, I wanted to mention something relating to the subject which is jahiliya, ignorance, which is the subject of something which we are all prone to, which is sinning, committing sins. What happens is that when we sin, the ulama mentioned that sometimes a person after sinning can suffer from mental issues due to the sin that they may have done. Ibn Hajar al-Makki rahimahullah mentions in his commentary on the 40 hadith that this can psychologically affect people. How do we overcome our habit of sinning because only the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam are free from sin? How can we overcome this and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to send down his mercy upon our hearts and change our state. Firstly, something which many people are unaware of is that when you commit a sin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders the angels that do not write down the sin. The two angels, Al-Raqibu and Al-Ateeb, the two angels on the right and left. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders them, do not write down the sin. Why? In case my servant does tawbah repents to me. In one hadith, it states for three hours the angel waits. Three hours for us. Why? In case we regret, we have remorse, and we repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the angel does not write down the sin. In another narration, six hours, six hours, will the hours go by? The angel is commanded, do not write down the sin in case my servant does tawbah repents. So the door of tawbah is open. When a person intends to do a good deed, just intends. So now, for instance, we're sitting here. You intend to go to your brother and just say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, because you receive good deeds, just in time. The angel will write down one good deed without having carried out the deed, straight away. When a person intends to do a bad deed, the angel does not write anything. But if he decides to leave the bad deed, the angel writes down a good deed, and in one hadith, ten good deeds. Just by leaving a sin. So today, if someone intended 
I will go home and I will commit this sin, I'll commit that sin. And for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leaves the sin, the angel will write out a good deed just by leaving the sin. When the person carries out the, a good deed, the angel then writes down 10 good deeds. 10 good deeds. Later on, those 10 good deeds are multiplied by 700. And we know, that the good deeds make the bad deeds disappear. So this Abd of Allah, Abdullah, slave of Allah, servant of Allah, on the day of judgment, when he looks at his scroll, he will find all these good deeds and he will think, I did not perform these good deeds. Yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered the angels to write down all these good deeds and he will look for the bad deeds done and he will find that those, good, those bad deeds will not be in the scroll. Disappear. Why will they disappear? Because the good deeds make the bad deeds disappear. So, in reality, the only thing a believer needs to worry about is not his bad deeds and the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but something else. What is that? That is something known as istikbar. Istikbar is what? The opposite to ubudiyah. What is Ubudiyah? Ubudiyah is servitude to Allah. That when a person realizes he is a servant of Allah and realizes his Ubudiyah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the opposite to this is istikbar, arrogance with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The sinner, you know the famous hadith narrated by Imam Bukhari and Imam Muslim that a person <coughs> that one of you may do the actions of the people of hellfire and until there is not between him and hellfire except an arm's length vira. then the divine will overwhelms him and he, he does a good action which makes him enter paradise likewise there may be a person who outwardly does good actions until between him and paradise, there is only an arm's length and then he does an action which makes him enter hellfire. What does this mean? This means that a person may be a sinner. He may drink alcohol. He may commit fornication. He may abandon his prayers. But that person realizes his ubudiyah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Toward the end of his life, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him ability to do tawbah, repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because he had ubudiyah servitude to Allah. The opposite, a person may do good actions outwardly, because one of the wordings of the hadith is fima yabdu outwardly, may do good actions. But inside he has istikbar, arrogance. Likewise, the person may do those actions out of ostentation to show others. And before he dies, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings out that reality from him. This brings us to something 
that outwardly a person may do good actions, only the reality is known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we always have fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there may be sinners who outwardly do different bad sins, but if they realize their ubudiyah to Allah, meaning a drunk man who drinks every day, at the end when he gets home, when he is alone with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Oh Allah, I have this habit which I cannot leave, it is difficult for me to leave, or a man commits zina, fornication. And he says, Oh Allah, remove this habit from me. Eventually Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove that habit from him. But if there is a man who outwardly does not perform those bad deeds, but has istikbar, arrogance on ibadullah, the servants of Allah, eventually Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will punish him for istikbar, arrogance. Now what is ubudiyah and what is istikbar? Ubudiyah is realizing that you are a servant of Allah. Istikbar is having arrogance with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why in one hadith, in a daily, it is mentioned that the divine punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not descend on a people as long as they cover their sins. But once they uncover their own sins, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punishes them. Why is the covering mentioned? Because when a person uncovers his sins, it is a form of istikbar, arrogance with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning, there is a difference between a man who drinks but is ashamed of his drinking. This is why the famous story of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu a man was drinking and he had alcohol in the container. And he saw Sayyidina Umar radiallahu and he supplicated to Allah because Amirul Mu'mineen was coming, the leader of the believers, oh Allah, cover my sin from Amirul Mu'mineen. When Sayyidina Umar checked the container, the container was full of water. The alcohol turned into water. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala covered his sin. Likewise, if the ibadullah, servants of Allah, cover their sin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not punish them because the door of repentance is open. But once they openly start committing sins, this is a form of istikbar arrogance, like immodest acts, doing immodest acts. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will punish them because this is a sign of istikbar arrogance with him subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Surah Al-An'am, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions two types of sins. Zahir al-Ithmi and Baatin al-Ithmi. What is Zahir al-Ithmi? The outward sin that we do. What is Baatin al-Ithmi? Baatin al-Ithmi is the sin of the heart. This brings me to another avenue regarding this subject, which is people ask, which act, which sin is worse? Is it the sin of the heart or is it, is it the sin of the body? It is the sin of the heart which is worse. Why? Because the sin of the body lasts momentarily. You carry out the action, the action will finish. But the sin of the heart, you carry it around with you. If someone has the cup of arrogance with Allah, the servants of Allah, or someone has riyah, ostentation, or someone has hasad, envy, or someone has both rancor, or someone has the love, hub dunya, love of the world, 
or love of riyas or love of leadership. They walk around with this sin in the heart. And the angels are writing it down at every moment that this person has this sin. The sin of the heart leads to the sin of the body. This sin Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions as batinul ith, the inward sin. Every Muslim is obligated not only to learn the outward sins that we know like drinking alcohol is haram, theft is haram, backbiting is haram, looking at haram is prohibited. Likewise, the different sins of the body, we are also obligated as Muslims, not as people of Saluk, people who are on the path, spiritual path, no, as Muslims to know the sins of the heart. The, know the element, what is the actual sin? Like takabur, arrogance, hasad, envy, these different types of sins, and also to know the cure. What is the cure? Meaning, if you have takabur in the heart, arrogance, then the ulama mentioned, go and sit with the poor people and eat with them. If someone says we don't see poor people, yes you do. If you go to your town center, you will see homeless people. Go and sit with a homeless person, even if he is a non-Muslim. Go and sit with him. Buy him food and eat with him. Buy him food and eat with him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove kibah from the heart. Likewise, if you have hasad envy against any Muslim, go and meet that Muslim. And kiss his hand in order to break your, your kibbutz, your arrogance and hasad envy against him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove the envy from your heart. Likewise, we know in the famous hadith narrated by Imam Al-Tirmidhi and Imam Ahmed, the hadith is, that two hungry wolves are not what ursila fil ghanami that are sent in a flock of sheep will not spoil the religion of a man then his love of wealth and status <laughs> wealth and status this is a love of wealth and status meaning a man may have money but he'll have no love for it very rare but love for money love for wealth well love for material things Likewise, love for status. This is the illness of the heart, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited. Like this, there are over 40 different illnesses of the heart. But when should a person remove these illnesses? The struggle of removing these illnesses starts from the age of maturity until the day we die. Even at the time of death, we need good actions. Why? Because if a tree has no water, at the end the tree will die. Iman, faith in Allah, is the tree. The good deeds are the water that go into the roots of that tree and nourish us. At the time of death we will need these good deeds. And if we have not worked on our hearts and have not purified then at the time of death we will struggle. We will struggle. They are, of course, at all times only the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will save us. But we will struddle. Imam Jalaluddin al-Sayyuti rahimahullah ta'ala in his red shahr al-Sudur mentions 
that using the miswak, the miswak, the tooth stick, is something which helps a person at the time of death to utter the statement of faith. To say, La ilaha illallah, Sayyiduna Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa A small action like using the miswak. So imagine the greater actions, how much they help a person at the time of death. Likewise, always stay in a state of ablution. Why? Because if you observe the angel of death coming to take your soul, you can go into hala to takbir, state of takbir and start your prayer. Even though some of the, the Asha'ira and the Maturidiyah, they differ. One group says, the cliff drops when you see the angel of death. Another group of ulama, the Hanafis, the Maturidi say, no, the cliff continues even when you see the angel of death. So do takbir and start nawafi. You stay in a state of wudu, uh, ablution, you see angel of death, Allahu Akbar, quickly, before he takes the soul. These are the things, wallahi, that will benefit us in our daily lives, knowing the vast mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mercy is vast, meaning a person should not fall into a state of despair. Some people fall into that state of despair, why? They say our habits of sinning are not going away, but shall we do? They have, some people have bad habits, meaning which habits are worse, by the way? The habits that you do in private, not the habits you do in public. Because the private bad habit is between you and Allah. You want to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and remove the bad habits in private. But how do we go about doing this? With regard to the 40 sins of the heart, I mentioned a few examples, but if you uh, ask ulama, they should tell you that it's the 40 illnesses of the heart, the ailments and the cure. But how do you rid yourself of a bad habit? Identify the habit which is making you sin the most, like what? Like Turku Salah, abandoning Salah for some people, if they abandon, if they pray their Salah, they tend to cut down sinning. This why in that surely the prayer prohibits from what? Al Fahsha, those actions which are uh, immodest and al munka rejected acts. You identify the habit that is making you do these sins. What they call cornerstone habits. There will be one habit which will be the cornerstone of multiple bad habits. You identify that bad habit. And then what do you do? Literally you grip that habit by the horns and you avoid doing that habit for 40 days. Just 40 days. If you avoid that habit for 40 days, or for instance, you are consistent on your salah and your prayer for 40 days, the habit should go away. If it doesn't go away, it will definitely decrease. What will happen? The habit should what? Decrease. Then start 40 days again. Now someone may say, 40 days, during that 40 days, I will have time of isolation where I may be alone and the habit will come back. If that happens, you start again the 40 days. But in that time, stay in good company. 
Be with truthful people, find a company of people where you avoid that one bad habit. We are not saying avoid all your bad habits. Identify that main one bad habit, the, the major one. And once you do that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help you. But this one final point before I leave. That final point is that people complain about sinning and the habit of sinning and not even sins. I can give you one guarantee tonight. If you allot for yourself every day, just five minutes, where you supplicate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, no one is in the room, no one is listening, and you supplicate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, oh Allah, I have this habit which you know of, remove this habit. Eventually, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will create asbab means by which the habit shall go away. This is something experiential. You shall experience this yourself. Every day without fail, supplicate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who will help you. You supplicate to him. You say, oh Allah, this habit, this sin is something you know about. Make asbab, create asbab, create something within me and create something around my environment. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shall change your state. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us. From the tribulations that are apparent and those tribulations which are hidden. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our sins tonight. And we, together, we do tawbah to Allah. Together, everyone here, together we do tawbah. Repent to Allah. What do we do tawbah from? We do tawbah from all the major sins that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. And we make a promise to ourselves that when we leave this gathering today, we will not return to those sins. I ask you to supplicate for me as I supplicate for you. And likewise, we make a promise to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we shall rectify ourselves privately as well as outwardly. Walhamdulillahi rabbil